On the block, on demand. They don't know about the kumbaya meetings we had this week. I may have some news for you in a moment. Without Jerry McNamara, we would have won 10 games this year. Continue standing by. Okay, not 10. 25-footer, yes! Off the glass and in! An assassin, Stone Cold! Somebody in Vegas told him they were going to win my 20! The Bills make me want to Taylor, going to take a shot, throwing in zone, he's got weapons, touchdown! They didn't look into your heart, they didn't look into my heart! The Boston Red Sox are world champions! This is On The Block. Here is your host, Brent Axe. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? You can listen on the ESPN app. That's a great way to take us with you wherever you go. Download the app, and you hit the Listen tab, and you find ESPN Syracuse, and off you go, wherever you go. Your Christmas shopping, you're busy, it's the weekend, you got things going on, your kids got dance class, your kids got... Practice tonight. You got to go here. You got to go there. Boom, 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 boom. It's I. We got the app, baby. Put that app on your smartphone and make it happen. The weekend is coming, though. And if you're doing some things and you have some time to kind of catch up and relax and do it on your time, that's what the podcast is for. So subscribe to ESPN Syracuse and iTunes and Google Play, and then you can get daily podcasts of this program, the Daniel Baldwin Show, In the Booth, Orange Nation, all the big interviews we do, if you missed my chat with Jim Beheim yesterday, which we do every Thursday on the block, that's in the podcast. So you can't always be here to listen. How dare you not be here six hours a day for our live afternoon local programming? I mean, how dare you, sir? How dare you, ma'am? That's what the podcast is for, though. So do that. You want to get in touch with the show? We can help you there, too. 437-7644 is the phone number to call. You can always hit me on Twitter where the show never stops, Brent Dax Media. You can also use the On the Block text line to get some hot takes across the program today. That's hot. At 288-0644. We've got plenty of Syracuse, Georgetown to discuss throughout the show, which we will do. Our buddy Matt Glaude is going to join us later from the t- terrific Twitter handle Hoya Suxa. He also writes for NoonsMagician.com. Very funny writer, very funny guy, and nobody knows how to hate Georgetown better than this guy. So when Syracuse and Georgetown signed this you know, extension a couple of years ago to play four more games, it revived what we thought would be something that would fall into the background never to be heard from again because you know, didn't know if Syracuse and Georgetown were going to continue that series. But that they are, so giddy up, Matt, I'm sure will bring some very interesting perspective to the show later on. We'll do the NFL Blitz as usual. I don't think I'm going to do pick six because college football is kind of in in that in-between from the end of the season into bowl games. I don't want to pick six NFL games. Maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe we'll just change the pick six to the NFL. But we'll make some picks. We'll do the NFL Blitz as usual, catching up on that because we were not here last Friday. Set you up for the football weekend upcoming. We've got some hot takes to come, including one of the great 
names in the history of sports talk radio stepping aside, somebody that we have certainly had a lot of fun with on this program, and we're sad to see him go, for sure. So a tribute later in the program to the great Mike Francesa. Also want to remind you that we are on Facebook Live. If you like ESPN Syracuse on Facebook, you can watch this program and Daniel Baldwin in the booth, Orange Nation, streaming, kind of get a look at the inner sanctum here and where we do the program. And if uh, Facebook is a convenient place for you to check out the show where we want to take the show to where it's convenient for you. So there you go. Facebook Live is where it's at. 437-7644 to get on board. I do want to start, though, with Syracuse-Georgetown. And we've talked throughout the week about the matchup here with this team the current edition of the Orange at 8-1 and one against the current edition of Georgetown at 8-0. And we don't really know how good Georgetown is. We know they've got a terrific center and Jesse Govan, but how good this team is is kind of hard to read considering they have literally the worst schedule in college basketball. It's abysmal. It is 351 out of 351. It's a joke when you look at it from the outside looking in. So we don't really know how good Georgetown is. The crowd will be fired up. There'll be plenty of Syracuse fans there. The emotion of the rivalry may take hold. You know, I think when current players, and my friend Donna DeTota had a great piece about this today on Syracuse.com, the current players just don't have enough of their own stories to tell, right? You know, I've made the comparison to Star Wars through the week. By the way, let me just step aside for 30 seconds here. I have seen The Last Jedi. I was there last night, but I'm going to stick to a promise that I made on the show yesterday that I am not going to say anything about it because while I have seen it in full geekdom, bro date with uh, the one and only Polly Sibilia and uh, the great Ty Doyle, sports talk radio producer legend, we were there, we saw it, and I'm not going to say anything about it because a lot of people have not seen it. So one way or the other, I do not want to influence somebody's viewing of The Last Jedi. If you do follow me on Facebook, I posted a spoiler-free review there. If you want to sort through that, you're certainly welcome to. Uh, it, it, You know, spoiler-free is not entirely accurate, by the way. I did kind of reference some things that happened in the movie but didn't give away any of the major plot details. So if you're trying to steer clear and go in fresh, I respect that. I will certainly not go one way or the other on it. Come Monday, though, all bets are off, because I think by Monday, if you're really into this, you will have seen it by then. All right? So if you're going, enjoy it. It's always a great experience. One thing that Star Wars and Disney have really done an amazing job of is it is an experience. It's not just, hey, let's go catch a movie. It's 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 bigger than that. And I will say this absolutely matches that expectation. It will be worth your money. It will be worth the experience. It will be worth what you have come to expect going to a Star Wars movie. Without saying anything else, I will. I feel very comfortable saying, okay, you're going to walk out of there and say, I'm glad I did this. But we will leave the rest of that to you. So enjoy. If you're seeing The Last Jedi this weekend, may the Force be with you. But I have made that comparison to Star Wars and that Syracuse-Georgetown, while relying on nostalgia and relying on things that bring out emotions and things that we went through and watching that rivalry build up, it needs a reboot. It needs a reason for not only this generation of fans, but this generation of players to care about it as much, and not just because dad or grandpa or our coach says it's a big deal. You know what I like about Syracuse-Georgetown tomorrow? 
that it's on CBS. Wasn't one of these Syracuse-Georgetown games on, like, FS1 recently? Get that garbage out of here, right? Syracuse-Georgetown, Jim Nance, Billy Packer, back in the day, you could set your watch by it. I like that CBS felt that this was enough of a big deal, that they're going to put it on at 12.30 on a Saturday afternoon, and that really kind of harkens to what college basketball is. I like that Syracuse and Georgetown still play. As I've said throughout the week, it could go away tomorrow, and I wouldn't care. I'm kind of over it, but I'm only one man. There's plenty of fans out there that feel differently about that and want to see it continue. So I like that they're doing that. I like that this game is at Georgetown. I like that Patrick Ewing is on the sideline. It just adds something to it. I We've heard so much about how Patrick Ewing could be a great head coach and how Patrick Ewing did not get the opportunities to interview for NBA jobs. He was sitting there as an assistant coach at a number of NBA teams, and he never got the opportunity to interview for a head coaching gig. And the fact that he's got to prove himself as a head coach at his alma mater, trying to rescue Georgetown, there's intrigue there. How do you do it? The easiest answer is you got to get local talent to stay there. The biggest reason Georgetown basketball fell to the the, the level and the depths that it did, that they had to fire John Thompson's son, was he couldn't recruit. He could not keep the players there that he needed to keep there in a very talent-rich area. I like that aspect of this game. I like that Syracuse is going to an area where they recruit. It's a big reason why you take on a series like that, not just the rivalry and everything that comes with it. If you have an opportunity to play in that area of the country, you do it because that's a great recruiting area. I do not like that Georgetown, I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. I just realized this kind of became like a Dr. Seuss segment. But <laughs> I dislike the fact that Georgetown's got such a crappy non-conference schedule strength, and no matter how win, lose, or draw that this thing happens, it's going to affect Syracuse there. You know, Jim Beheim was on yesterday, and he said it doesn't affect Syracuse, and I don't think that's entirely true, but it's, it's not a deal-breaker. But they signed this deal a couple years ago, and if you're saying, hey, let's go on the road and play a team with an abysmal strength of schedule and has an RPI in the 180s and just everything that would be next to Georgetown's name, but you, let's say there's just this, you know, their, their name is redacted. And you just hand somebody, okay, well, we want you to schedule this game. And you look at all the numbers next to Georgetown. And you say, why are we going to take this game? And then you remove the little black bar there. Okay, it's Georgetown. So you kind of have to make that sacrifice. I do not like that. I like that Syracuse seems to be going into this game healthy. We talked to Coach Beheim yesterday. He feels that everybody has kind of come around to where they need to be. I think it was smart to sit Barama against Colgate because they need him in this game. As we mentioned, Jesse Govan averaging 20 points per game. He is one of the great players inside that Syracuse has seen this year, and Syracuse has played defense extremely well inside the three-point line. Georgetown does have some balance. They do have some guys that can shoot from the outside, but this is a team, despite the fact that what we have seen Syracuse opponents do this year is just jack it up from three-point range. Literally half of the shots that have been taken against Syracuse this year, and I think Colgate skews this statistic slightly because they took 34 of them. But half the shots against Syracuse have been three points. 
If Georgetown's going to win this game, I don't think, I mean, you can always get hot from three-point range. You never want to completely count that out as a possibility. But it's going to be because Jesse Govan is a great game, and Barama's in foul trouble or is not quite healthy, or Pascal Chuko can't handle it, or Merrick Dolzhai's got to come in, and they just let him reign free. But Syracuse's interior defense has been very well. I think that, and I like that, Syracuse is winning games with rebounding and defense. And if they're going to do something which I dislike, which is they've got a two-game losing streak to Georgetown, through all this and through all of our uppity thumb our nose at their awful strength of schedule, Georgetown comes in having won two years in a row, including last year on Pearl Washington Day. How dare you? At the Carrier Dome. And the year before that, Mike Hopkins stepping in to coach in Jim Beheim's nine-game suspension. That was the first one. So you got to get a win. Because you get them once more next year, and then we'll see where the series goes from there. Tomorrow, we will sit down at 1230, and Syracuse is playing Georgetown. And, you know, as much as I've said certain things this week, I do kind of like that. I think once it starts and they start throwing all the highlights up there and they start walking down memory lane, it's just like being at that Star Wars movie last night. Constantly going through my head was, how do you connect the past but establish yourself going forward? And trust me, I've got thoughts on that on the Star Wars realm, but I will I will keep them to myself for now. 437-7644, that's the phone number. Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Want to hit the phones before we take a break. I'm going to discuss this a little bit in hot takes, but I see Scott and Utica wanted to come on and discuss the departing today, the last show of a sports talk radio legend, number one. Mike Francesa. What's happening, Scott? Hi, Brent. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You know, I've been listening to sports radio for a long time, and uh, I really, really, I don't ever call a a radio show unless it's something that I really care about, you know. And I've heard a lot of the commentators, a lot of the sports guys, I don't know if you want to call them younger guys or whatever, you know, saying some things about Francesa that, I thought were kind of unnecessary, and I also thought were kind of unfair, and you know, kind of making fun of him. And he's an old guy, and he's crusty, and he's you know yelling at people. And he, but I think that you know, I I, I watched Francesa for years, and I, if I'm in the minority, I'm glad of it because I thought that guy put on a great, passionate show. There was a lot of great conversation, a lot of great points made. The guy really cares about sports, which maybe is why he would go over the top sometimes because he really cares. But most of all, I hope a lot of those guys that are putting a knock on him remember and think to themselves that maybe people will want to listen to them more when they have a 30-year run. And they accomplish what that guy's accomplished. Because obviously for 30 years, there's been somebody listening to him. And I mean a lot of somebody because you don't last for 30 years if you don't have an audience and you're not bringing in the, the people and the calls and the fans. And I just wanted to say that because I really think the guy is a legend. And also a lot of those younger guys, man, it's guys like Francesa that paved the road them. No question about it. Agree or disagree with Mike Francesa? There are a there is a list ten miles long of people, 
And thanks for the call, Scott. That was very well said. They get to do what I do because of Mike Francesa. And we discussed this earlier in the year when the Mike and the Mad Dog 30 for 30 came out. We did our, our movie premiere and everything. But Mike and the Mad Dog set the standard. Sports talk radio would be in no way, shape, or form what it is today without those two. And then eventually Francesa on his own and, you know, Dog kind of did his thing and is, is still has a presence in this industry. But listen. Mike could be crude, he could be rude, he could be crass, he could cut people off, he is arrogant. That is by his uh, admission. That's not me telling tales out of school, but I think when you're in this line of work, you're in New York, you're in the spot like that, Like that, you do have a certain ego and a certain way to go. And look, you, as he would say, you're not number one that long in that city without doing something right. And the fact that there are people taking shots at him today tells me that he did it right because if I have always said, and you know I'm kind of biased because I do this, but it would be very boring if everybody agreed all the time and everybody just sat around shaking their heads. That's not what this is supposed to be. As long as it's genuine, it's what you really believe. And for Francesa, that was always the case. And look, Mike had his moments. We had fun with his rants. Fell asleep on the air. You know, he didn't always get it right. There is a you can search YouTube and just get great videos of how many things he just completely got wrong, just completely botched. But you could do the same thing to me or anybody that does this for a living because you come on the air. In his case, to go on the radio and for the last, what, since Dog left, since 2008, solo from 1 to 6.30 every day, Monday through Friday, that is incredible. Now, in New York City, you've always got a bank of phone calls ready to go and people that want to talk about the Yankees and the Mets and the Knicks and and everything that it is. It's such a unique market. But anybody that would say what you were saying, Scott, about Mike, I think a lot of that's rooted in they, they're jealous, you know, particularly people in the industry, because he is a legend. Agree or disagree, love him or hate him, that guy's a legend. And we're going to miss him in the radio world. But I will say this, I don't think Mike's going far. I think Mike is stepping away from this line of work, but if you think Mike's going to be away from the spotlight for long, uh, no, is the answer to that. As soon as he can come back in some form, he will. Let's go to John in Syracuse now at 437-7644 before we take a break, change gears, and go back to that Syracuse-Georgetown game. What's up, John? Hey, Brent, how are you? I'm great, sir. What's uh, happening? First of all, I'm a big fan of you. I have a lot of respect for your commentary. Um, I, you really know what you're talking about. Oh, that's very kind of to... Thank you, sir. Yeah, definitely, Mr. Axe. Um, all right, Mike Francesca loved him. He spoke his mind. He was blunt, but that was fine because I respect anybody who will get on the air, speak their mind, and take the backlash that I'm sure he took through the years. So big fan of his. Um, Syracuse and Georgetown, man, I really think we are just overanalyzing this game. Um, the I don't think people realize how difficult it really is to have the weakest strength of schedule in Division One basketball. Um, 351 teams, the odds are 1 in 250. Eight billion that you Whoa. could possibly do that. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, it, that, that's for the B. So, I mean, you know, really, uh, Georgetown is not as good of a team as they're touted to be. They're A and O. Um, their their record really is just 
a number. It's meaningless at this point in the season. Um, and they are going to play their first real Division One game tomorrow with Syracuse. Um, their center, who is who is averaging a double-double with 20 points a game, of course he is. They haven't faced anybody taller than 6'6 six, six in the middle. Um, it, that's like him dunking on, on Scoop Jardine every game, you know? <laughs> um, you can't compare that. It, it's really unfair. Um, Georgetown is way way overrated by their record. Um, I, I think that they're going to struggle horrendously against Syracuse, and I think this is a good time for Syracuse to really judge where they are as a team and see how they can do, even if C.D. Bay is not 100%, which I don't think he is. I think they're lying about that. But um, I think that Syracuse has a good test ahead of them, and I believe it's a double-digit win, 12 or more. John? solid take to get us going here today on that game. You made a lot of great points. There is one I do disagree with, and thank you, sir. Two great calls to start off the show. Let's keep it rolling on a Friday at 437-7644. The one thing I'll disagree in there is Jesse Govan can play. That's not a case of, you know, smoke and mirrors because of Georgetown's schedule or some other things you mentioned there. That kid can play, and he's got the right coach. You got Patrick Ewing coaching a talented center at Georgetown. I don't think you can line that up any better. And he is a threat. And he's somebody that Syracuse has to really account for tomorrow. And you mentioned Barama. Is he really healthy? And, you know, we'll kind of see tomorrow. Well, they're going to need him. They're going to need him to get out on shooters. They're going to need him to collapse on him. And it's going to be more of Pascal's responsibility. But, you know, Barama certainly will, will fall in that category too. And I think Barama has really, how can I say this? He's been a little more active and more athletic and more grounded, if that makes any sense. Like, he's not wild. He's very in control. He's a very confident player inside. And they're going to need him to have that confidence against Jesse. He's a good player. That kid can, Jesse Govan can play for any big-time program. So I think a lot of your other points were, were valid. To have that bad of a strength of schedule, you've really got to make an effort to go find the worst teams that you can play and pump your team full of empty calories and make them believe they're good. But this is what Syracuse has to be careful of, and I'll, I'll break on that note and expand on, on this a little more. Syracuse has had the tougher road. They have played better teams. They are the better team. And they've got to be able to use that to their advantage tomorrow. I'll expand on that a little bit more next because we need to get to a break. 437-7644. It's a Friday. You're on the block. Let's keep it rolling next. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey, welcome back. Glad to have you here. On the Block is presented by SRC Incorporated. They are not in a land down under, but they are here and they are growing and they are looking for software or systems engineers. You can apply at SRCINC.com for all the latest. What do you say you hit me with that fancy open? Let's do this thing. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Put your money where your mouth is. That he's so washed up that your 2-9 team he can't start for that nobody in this league would want him. What are you worried about? He can't play for this 2-9 bunch of bums you put on the field every week. He's not good enough to play for your 2-9 Giants. He only led you to two Super Bowls against the New England Patriots. 
With my game plan, Geno Smith gives us the best chance to win. You said that with a straight face. That's what Giant fans want to do. They want to put their head on their pillow and think about 2018 with Geno Smith. And now the time is here. Time to pull that final curtain. And he got some grief, so he came up with some lame excuse that the alums could sell somebody. Anybody watching knows that is complete nonsense. The guy kicks it again and misses, right? That's the bottom line. So I hope he was proud of himself as he ran across the field. You know, I hope he was proud of himself for getting that 56 nothing. I hope he was real proud of him. I hope he was proud of himself on a coach's show. Show it a few times. A lot of class, coach. A lot of class. So go get yourself a Honda, Bay Ridge Honda. You know the deal. Get yourself a Honda there. We got a good price. Go see him. Robbie Sabah and everybody, go see him down there in Honda. All right. That's the bottom line. <laughs> just, that's just still my favorite one right there. That's a pro. Ripping the coach right into the ad, right back to it. Go down there. Go get go get a car. They love it. But you, listen, as much as I have uh, broken the chops of one Mike Francesa over the years, it is out of respect, trust me. The fact that Mike Francesa, for nearly 30 years, was number one. Came on first with Mike and the Mad Dog later on his own. And that New Yorkers and people nationally, because of his, you know, what do you establish on the Yes Network? And even, why would people in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, care what Mike Francesa on WFAN in New York would have to say? But thanks to the Internet and thanks how things evolved, he became a national presence. People did care. And one of the great qualities that any sports talk radio host can have, and again, I'm kind of biased because I work in the industry, when something big happens, and I just played that Ben McAdoo rant, right? Geno Smith starting over Eli Manning, how big of a deal was. You had to hear what Francesa had to say about that at walk every day. Something big happens, you would see it and you would feel it and people would see it and be like, we've got to know what Mike had to say about that. And, you know, Mike became kind of a caricature he would fall asleep on the air and, you know, the dead spins of the world and the bloggers and social media would pick on him a little bit. He certainly was not somebody everybody agreed with all the time. He did treat some callers like garbage. There was a little bit of arrogance there. But to work in an industry where you are in a public forum, and I, I hope that this doesn't happen with me because I try not to be this way, but you got to have a little arrogance. You got to have a little confidence. You've got to have you're a performer. And there's something about being on the, if it's on the radio, if it's on television, if you're an actor, there's just a certain mentality that you have. But Mike Francesa was number one for nearly 30 years in New York City. Do you know how hard that is? How cutthroat that city is? How they'll move on from you and just toss you aside if they don't respect what your opinion is or at least want to engage with what your opinion is? And there are so many people that get to do what I do. And I started in sports talk radio, believe it or not, in 1996. And in 1996, Mike and the Mad Dog was only like five years old. It, sports talk radio was only in its infancy at the time. WFAN was the first all sports talk radio station. It came on the air in 1987. So for Mike to end his run, to go out on top, to go out number one as he is, congratulations to him. Like I said earlier in the show, I don't think we've seen the last of Mike Francesa. I think he's going to, he's just stepping aside from doing this to take on some new challenges. I would anticipate, you know, the podcast world could be a possibility back into TV, maybe afraid into things beyond just New York sports. But 
if you are able to, let me just put it to you this way, because I've had the opportunity to do this and I have been shown the door in other ways. If you have the opportunity to do a last show on your terms, do it your way, that is something to cherish. And it's not a long list of people that can do that. And Francesa did it today. He's still doing it as we speak, and we wish him all the best. That's hot. It's not really goodbye, though, because I don't think we've heard or seen the last of Mike Francesa. But in this format, it is. Staying in New York. So Christoph Porzingis says that Carmelo Anthony should be shown some love in his return to Madison Square Garden, which happens this weekend, said Porzingis, quote, I think he was a professional and as professional as he could be in his time here in New York. I don't see why they would not receive him with love. In Anthony's six and a half seasons in New York, the Knicks advanced past the first round of the playoffs just once, failed to reach the postseason the past four seasons. But how much of that was his fault? Now, could Carmelo be a bit of a ball hog? Yep. Were there flaws in Carmelo's approach, his game, what he said to the media, how he acted sometimes? Certainly. But it is not his fault that he was never given the team that he really deserved had James Dolan as his owner and a bunch of bungling idiots in the front office, Phil Jackson notably, that ruined the opportunity for Melo to really take advantage of his prime years in New York. Now, he had the opportunity to go elsewhere. He took the money. He stayed in New York, which, hey, this is America, Jack. You can get $124 million instead of $96 million. That's a good problem to have. So it's not certainly without fault. But I think that Melo, look, this is New York. People will boo because it's New York, and people should do that in New York. But it, it is done with respect, and it is done with thanks for the memories. The fact that he moved on, went to Oklahoma City, carefully and respectfully calculated that. And remember, at the end, how Phil Jackson and that organization did all they could to disrespect him, the trade rumors that were out there. Remember, Phil's boy there was writing articles about him. I mean, they trashed this guy on the way out. So, honestly, he should get a full-throated, hearty, everybody on their feet standing ovation for what he did there, but it's New York. They'll, they'll boo him a little bit. That's hot. But the heart of what Porzingis is saying is dead true. Listen, I know we've got Syracuse-Georgetown on our minds, but there is a great hockey game in town tonight. If you're looking for something to do, sick of the Christmas shopping, you need a break, you just want to do something with the family, go to this hockey game tonight. You've got the Syracuse Crunch coming in who are looking for 10 wins in a row. They have completely turned it around with great goaltending, they made a trade. They brought in Louis Domague. He has been terrific. Anthony Sorelli, a rookie, is leading this team in scoring. Since Look, you can call it a coincidence. I think not. Since they changed the goal song, they have not lost a game. And they have been scoring in bunches. They have outscored their opponents in this nine-game winning streak, 49-12. to that is entertaining, fast-paced, high-scoring hockey. And tonight they get a team coming in who's won eight in a row. Tonight in Syracuse, New York, at the Onondaga County War Memorial, and right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, you have two of the hottest teams in professional hockey. It is as simple as that. Crunch games are great to go to for everything else that you get, the entertainment value and the promotions, and they do such a great job with that. You're just going to get a great hockey game between two great hockey teams. A lot of Bruins fans in town. You can see the future Providence Bruins. This is an unsolicited shilling for the Crunch, by the way. This is just me telling you, look, there's a great hockey 
uh, game in town. I might go myself. Got some other things going on that I've got to kind of move around, but I'm I'm really thinking about going because it's just a great game. Can the Crunch keep up the winning streak? I mean, it's going to end at some point, but the way they're playing right now, the confidence for which they've had, we had a great conversation with Ben Grew earlier this week. It's my uh, Syracuse Sports podcast this week, so I hope you can download that and listen to it. He was just a joy to talk with. I really like Ben. So don't brush that aside. If you're gonna, That's hot. Oh, what are we, we going to do tonight? I feel like doing something tonight. Go to the hockey game. Go to the hockey game. Tyrod Taylor is going to start for your Buffalo Bills this week against the Dolphins for missing last weekend's victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Sean McDermott made that official today. Nathan Peterman remains in concussion protocol telling me Joe Webb's not good enough to go out there and start a football game for the Bills? Come on now. Uh, McDermott saying, quote, he feels good about wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin as well, who has been limited in practice this week after aggravating a knee injury last Sunday. That is my big thing. If Benjamin's out there, then Tyrod Taylor needs to take a clue from his backup quarterback, take a cue from Nathan Peterman. Even in the snow and in 10 inches of snow and the blizzard and the snow globe that they played in last week at Ralph Wilson Stadium. When they threw the ball to Calvin Benjamin, good things happened because Calvin Benjamin's big. You toss it up, he's going to, you know, certainly, even with a bum knee that he's just kind of playing through right now. It's not one of those injuries that keeps you off the field. It's a pain tolerance thing. It's just, you know, can you get through it? Get through a few more games and, and get it taken care of in the offseason. <laughs> you know, that's if this team doesn't make the postseason, which they're still in the conversation for. Toss it up to Calvin Benjamin. Tyrod, you got yet another opportunity. You're not going to be the quarterback of this team next year, but you're the quarterback of this team now. The weather is going to be cold and snowy, but it's going to be nowhere near what the blizzard conditions were last week. Tyrod is yet another opportunity to do something that, frankly, if he had done a long time ago, this wouldn't be a conversation. And that is, let it rip. Play the game. Stop being so conservative. Throw the ball a little bit. Tyrod is so afraid to take a shot. Keep his numbers down. And look, he's protecting his contract there. He's protecting the most marketable thing about Tyrod Taylor, and that is he doesn't throw interceptions. Well, you don't throw interceptions if you don't throw the ball more than 10 yards. You have Calvin Benjamin now. This is the first real opportunity for Tyrod to play with Calvin Benjamin. I hope you watch the film, even though it was literally hard to watch that film through Planet Hoth last week at the Ralph. But bottom line in this game, throw the ball to Calvin Benjamin. Jay Cutler looked great on Monday Night Football, but I, Jay Cutler does that like twice a year. I think the real Jay Cutler shows up in this game. I think the Bills' defense gets at him a little bit. We'll get into this more in the NFL Blitz later, but... The biggest message I can send to Tyrod is throw the ball to Benjamin. That's hot. That's if he stays healthy, and that, frankly, has been a big if as of late. 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line's 288-0644. We'll slide to a break. We'll come back with some more Syracuse Georgetown talk. Our buddy Matt Glaude, Hoya Suxa, NoonsMagician.com will join us next hour. Always enjoy talking to Matt, who... Knows how to hate Georgetown better than anybody. The NFL Blitz and more are still to come. It's a Friday. You're on the block. Let's do this thing back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye.